Aloha, and welcome to another Aloha. candid conversation. This afternoon, <laughs> we're joined with Metz Kramer. Metz and I have been discussing the digital dealership in a series of podcasts, and today we want to try and wrap a few things together uh, that will make some sense of the complication that we've given to you. First, we touched on the jargon that's unique to the digital world. Then we looked at defining the customers and the market segments, and then that led us into a strategy, and that led us into selecting products and services that we were going to give to the market. And then last one, we talked about the channels. And each layer, it's like the reverse peeling of an onion. We're adding more and more and more complications. And Mets closed the last one off saying that we didn't want to confuse the customer by having too many channels. So I want to pick up from that point and saying, okay, how do we combine these things all together, the audience and the segment and the content and the channel and make some sense out of it? And I'm relying on you, young man, to be able to tell me how the heck to do that. Still really enjoy being called young man. <laughs> Everything's relative, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> how do we put these things together to make sense for us first? So... It, it, it's it, it's work like you need to write this out you know i've put together some workshop sheets to help dealers walk through this discussion because it's in starting to write it out that it just all starts to make sense you know if what we're really trying to do is find these intersections between um the audience segments what defines the audience the content that we want to, the types of content, the the product that's in the content, and then the challenge, the channel where we expect to find the audience that we're looking for, you know, and and so it's just you can use a matrix little grid um, to do it, but it's really just saying, okay, this is the audience segment that I want to go after, and why do I want to go after this, right? So you can say these are my existing customers and I've segmented them by the fact that we don't see them using the shop. And then we say, okay, so that's my audience segment and saying the product that we're going to place there is, you know, some products related to service. And, and, and we also want to understand then, you know, what kind of content is going to pull or, or educate the people in that audience segment about the service product. Right? Am I going to do a video that shows what's happening in the shop, the types of things that we do, you know, our paint shop. Uh, I've seen that one of the dealers I work with does these great videos out of their paint shop that are just super engaging. You know, and everyone now understands that that dealer offers that. Um, and, and then we look for the channel. You know, we say, okay, we've, we've defined that we're after existing customers who don't use our service department. We've got this great video about what happens at our service department day to day, um, and what we're this product we want to sell is them to bring their machines in, um, and then the final thing is okay, where does a video play well? What what channel do I both know my audience is on, and that um, likes videos? You know, like there are platforms that are much better for videos. Everyone knows TikTok now. My wife makes fun of me for being on it, you know, but it's videos. That's where you, you put it, right? Um, 
LinkedIn loves videos as well, but people don't do as much of it. Um, you can't, you can send video through email a little bit. So you got to kind of think through these things, right? And, and that's just piece by piece, one, at one dimension at a time, building that strategy up. Yeah, again, we, it's it, it's really really valid. The using the video as as a, another illustration of change and transition. You know, we have YouTube out there. We have Vimeo out there. We have TikTok out there, and there's other people that are doing the same type of thing. Some of our audience want the video. Some of them will want the Vimeo, Vimeo professionalism. Some of them will want the TikTok excitement. Yep. And that's part of our, quote, segmentation, isn't it? Yep. In service, let me, you, you mentioned something that I don't want anybody to forget. This is work. This is not easy, quick stuff. This is work. Yep. In service, we've got engines, we've got transmission, we've got hydraulics, we've got electrical. We've got inspections, we've got maintenance, we've got recalls, we have those products, let me call them. In parts, we've got bearings and hardware and filters and fluids and hose and fittings and commodities. Yeah. So we're, we're not talking about something that's two or three things. It's not Coca-Cola and, and Coke, no sugar or whatever the heck the different things are. Anymore, uh -huh. it's diet coke, and here we go. But this is complicated. Do you advocate that? So we've got this marketing umbrella, and and my desire to have somebody own that thing. Should we have somebody that owns every one of those segments, the six or seven service, and the ten or fifteen parts? I think you definitely need to build some expertise, or like we've talked about in doing data analysis. Uh, rent rent in the expertise. There are people who understand what plays well and how to play it and how to use the systems of Facebook better than any of us will do if we're running our day-to-day -day job and we're trying to learn on the side. It's definitely worth whatever dollars it takes to bring someone in for a period of time to teach you and help set it up. You, know, you, can, you can blow your brains out on Google AdWords if you go in by yourself and set it up and pay for pay for clicks and you can get all kinds of traffic and none of it's valuable. Yeah. You hire someone who understands how it works and you'll start getting less traffic, but it's the kind of people that you want. So, so. now we're talking about something that's going to be an interesting concept for a lot of dealers to get over. In the service department, we have technicians to do the repairs. In the parts department, we have people to sell the parts on the phone and the counter. In the equipment sales group, we have salesmen in the field. In the rental, we have rental um, and instigators and, and agents. In this particular case, I don't necessarily want to have an employee. I want to contract with this. Yeah, that would be my recommendation. I, I still use them. When I set up my AdWords, I call a friend colleague who knows it inside and out and i say hey i'll just give me a couple hours of your time and help me get this dead on because otherwise every day i'm spending you know even if it's just 20 dollars a day on it it really starts to add up if it's wrong yeah and and like you say we get all these eyeballs looking at it all these clicks but no action yeah. it's appealing to somebody but it doesn't provoke an action that we're after
Yeah, just because it's accessible in developing the, the content and getting it out um, because it's all on your laptop doesn't mean you should do it, right? It's like you could print your own brochures off of the color printer in your office, but you wouldn't send them out. You send them to a graphics house that cleans up the graphics and prints it properly and it looks professional. You know, it's it's no different. Just because it's accessible doesn't mean that you need to do it yourself. There's there's definitely better ways. So does it, to me then it starts with the company website. Uh, my favorite topic. It's it's rather interesting, isn't it? Almost every they're like they're homogenous now. They are. How did we get ourselves here? Is it because we were lazy and we just copied, or what? Personally, I think like I don't know. You, you can confirm this because you've seen the history of this. Um, but the, the website, the company website, started as a billboard. Yep. It was like, oh, I want to, I need a website. Everyone has a website. We can't be a real dealership if we don't have a website. So, like, okay, well, put up a website. Well, what do we say? Well, just say some stuff about who we are. And it probably is full to list, you know, some information about our machines that we have, you know, and we should tell them that we have service. Okay, good. We'll do one page on service, which is like the most, <laughs> what I see most of the time, like one or three quarters of a page on the service department. And, and, what it assumes is that, you know, everyone coming to your website is the same audience member, the same audience segment. They're like people who don't do business with me. A website is like for people who don't do business with me. And then it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Every now and again, we have a little bit of a freeze on the network. So what, what um, Mets is, leading to is when we started with the the internet there was a storefront everybody had the same darn vision the same color scheme etc cetera, etc cetera. and then we started yeah. loading other things on and they were kind of afterthoughts but none of them really were provoking action like like Metz was saying somebody comes in they've never seen your website oh way to go you know but what are you trying to do is is really what that comes down to doesn't it yeah, I think it's as important as it is. It's also the one that defines understanding or make, make it easy for people to understand what an audience means, right? Like what the difference between your audience members is. It's like if you go to, we've, we've talked about this in the past, but if you go to Amazon, then you go to Amazon because you want to buy something. And Two, it kind of remembers you from the last time you were there and the thing you didn't buy, it's reminding you you should buy, you know, and, and it recognizes why it's there and why should, why would you go to Amazon if the first thing you came to is like this generic Amazon, who are we web page, website, that the first thing you do you have to look through that and then you have to click through over here and say, I want to go shopping. So no, of course I want to go shopping. That's why I'm here. I don't, if I want to learn about, you know, you're, you're thinking through what people are there to do and the website is responsive to that and the, and a dealership website should be no different if someone keeps coming back to your website which your website knows then it should know where they're going and why they're there and then the next time they show up there just take them there like they don't need to read again about the history of your cat dealership yeah which is on the first page yeah 
Yeah, and it's what what I used to lovingly call yada yada yada, kind of from Seinfeld. You know that we got yeah. everything that anybody wanted to know about you, but it's all about our egos. It's about what we don't want people to know. Yeah. Amazon really defined the world for us, didn't they? America Online first, back in the seventies, and they kind of inter, inter, introduced to the world the internet as a as social communications device and then it's been struggling ever since then amazon showed us the commercial side of things and they recognized the hole with bookstores that's where they started and they priced their books more cheaply at a lower price point than the bookstore did mm-hmm. well and they justified that by their delivery system costs they didn't have to have the inventory etc cetera, etc cetera. Now they're morphing into the fact they got warehouses and distribution centers and inventory, and, and he, here we go. But the whole thing constantly is evolving based on what the customer is telling us they need. Yeah, they're they're analyzing their data and and applying what they learn from the data to make their your the, the visitor's experience more applicable. It's you know, as somebody who has a website out there, and it's I like to think it's content rich. It's very difficult to, you you almost have to get a completely different, what's the purpose of your website? What's the purpose of your company? What's the purpose of that channel? And and going back to the beginning of this discussion, this is hard work. There's no avoiding it. There is no avoiding it. But but we've always done hard work, haven't we? Well, we're supposed to. It's supposed to always been hard work. Yeah. Somebody, some of us don't find work hard because we like it so much. You know, some of us are idiots that way, but it's well, yeah, but it's, (laughs) it's this, this whole channel segment, contact points, audience. It's that's really where it comes together. And I'm not so sure that you haven't got it right on the head. Those services should be outsourced because it's a specialized industry. Yeah, bring knowledge. Yeah. It's why, it's why your customer brings you in to talk about the equipment they're thinking about buying for the project they have because you're the expert. So, you know, why wouldn't you do the same thing and bring someone who's an expert in whatever channel you want to think about in to help contribute? That's, and I think that's what that, that's what help, would help a lot of dealers that, you know, you see where they have someone running their social account on whatever, on whatever platform and, or the opposite where you have your sales reps spending all their time posting content because they think it's important for the dealership. You know, I think someone who has a better understanding of what the platform's meant to do could help close that. In, in other words, we shouldn't have individuals creating content without somebody in the company vetting it. Vetting, guiding, teaching, filtering. So yeah, understanding what makes for good content, what you know, what ranks well. Again, and, other, and similarly, anybody who has an email address should be the same format for everybody in the company. Anybody who has a Zoom background or a Teams bed should be the same for everybody in the company. There needs to be consistency, doesn't there? It makes it work better. Like, are you on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. How many people, how many people are following you or 
on Twitter, I've got three different accounts and it's about 3000 between the three. And I, I don't know, this is my Luddite. I don't know how to consolidate those three. I had the same thing with LinkedIn. I started LinkedIn with three because I had three corporations. Yeah. And okay, finally, and I figured out how to do it with LinkedIn. And I got the same problem with Facebook. <laughs> and and then with Google Analytics, that's what comes back in here. And I'm trying to do this myself. And yes, like you, I've asked some friends because I'm too cheap to, to go the whole way with it. SEOs from Google are, are tricky. Keywords, yeah. hashtags, tricky. Um, so we're we're trying to make sense out of it ourselves. Yeah. And you know, it, it's and we've got three main purposes. Dealerships got a heck of a lot more than that, but you know, ours are transferring information, podcasts, blogs, newsletters, etc. Yeah. Employees assessments. What's the knowledge and skills of the employees for product support, and then finally the classes to help develop those skills with this the outside agency needs to direct me lead me guide me on how i bring it out and then somebody inside has to be that that product expert you're the telematics expert you're the you know free transportation expert or what transportation logistics etc it's a complicated world yeah yeah Perhaps that's one of the reasons why digital dealerships have had a difficult time getting off the ground. People start looking at it and say, gee, this is complicated. This is a lot. I don't understand. I'll do this later. Yeah, but like, someone will do it. Someone's going to keep figuring out more and more of it, and it, it will continue to become an advantage. You know, as, as people drift in that direction, there's no reason not to. And I, and I think like, if we look at, we're technical people, right? Like most of the people in the equipment business, I, they're pretty technical. They, they like equipment. They, they don't have any problem learning technical things about machines or parts or the service department. They're, we're all pretty technical people. We've learned all of this about our equipment and the specs and what it can do. I mean, it's, it's really not that different. So it shouldn't be off-putting. It is actually should be like right up our alleys. Like, oh, you mean there's a technical thing that I could learn about that would help me you know, sell and promote and communicate with my customers in a better way. Well, that's easy because I'm, we're technical people. Yeah. And I guess that puts, that puts a bow on this particular podcast also. And that's a nice way of wrapping the audience and the segment and the context and the channels all together um, to, to close that. Is that a fair, fair comment? I always think you, you know when to cut the, when to cut us off. <laughs> thank you Mets and mahalo to everybody who's been listening this afternoon i uh, look forward to seeing you again in another podcast with Mets and others in the near future mahalo thank you for listening to our podcast we appreciate your support should you have any thoughts or comments please don't hesitate to contact us at www.learningwithoutscars.com the time is now mahalo